Listeners, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to the show, your greatest show, because this show is all about you. Regardless how chaotic your life and business might feel right now, you are still in control. It's your show, and you deserve to be master of it. We're just here to help, and that's what we're doing today with our great guest, Mark Hildebrand. Mark is a husband, father, best-selling author, certified push life master coach instructor, and current law enforcement officer from the LAPD who struggled through self-sabotage for decades. Could be because he was too busy. Man, I can't wait to dive into that. (laughs) After discovering what was truly holding him back, he was able to navigate a 100-pound weight loss journey, create better connection with his wife and kids, and show up as a more confident leader in all areas of his life. He now coaches other leaders how to level up their mindset and actions so they too can reach their full potential in every area of their life. Mark, welcome to the show. And I really do sincerely thank you for uh, being here for me selfishly and the listeners today. Scott, when you when you sent me this message, I'm like, how can I get on this podcast sooner, man? Just because like, <laughs> I know you're, you're the name of the podcast um, you're talking about is like your greatest show, right? And what I feel like is every time we have a conversation, you always make it about me. And that's the greatest feeling in the world, because that's what great leaders do is they make it about the other person and not about themselves. Um, And every single time we have a conversation, whether it's in mastermind calls or whatever, you always do that. So it like when it when your name pops up on my phone, I'm like, okay, how can I how can I best serve this man? So thank you very much for having me on. And Mark, you and I have known each other for several years. Listeners, you need to know that you'll find this uh, to be very conversational today. Uh, But Mark, one of the things I uh, most love about you is what you just said. It's an attitude of giving and generosity. And I know at the root of everything you do, everything we talk about today is literally going to be about how to help others move forward. Now, I know your story, okay? But the reality is everyone doesn't. Your intro kind of gave some tidbits. But in a short spurt, can you give us the overview version of your story, the important point of where you were, where you are today, and why it's important? Yeah, I, I appreciate you for asking me that. So um, uh, if I could kind of sum it up, it was like all those things you just talked about, like I screwed them all up. <laughs> if I could just sum it up, like um, when you when you get asked for your podcast bio, right? Um, and I have my own podcast, so I totally get it. Like you want to lead with all the things that you're able to help people do and all the things you've been able to achieve, but it still feels very awkward to send that and tend to listen to it, right? Because I remember the guy who was negative, who was like the naysayer, who said it wasn't possible, who was 100 pounds overweight, who was giving it all to my my career as a law law enforcement officer. And I was just like that person that you didn't want to hang out with, right? Not the kind of person that is um, before you today. And it took a lot of struggling. Like I said, self-sabotage, like literally we can talk ourselves and I still do to today, by the way, we can talk ourselves out of doing anything that we really know is in congruence with our goals because this human brain of ours is trying to keep us safe. So when it comes to like what I've been able to like really, um, I guess, experience when it comes to my life, it's just, just having personal growth and being open to like different, not only perspectives, but a different mindset shift. Right. I know, I know I have a book, it's called mastering your life through self-coaching. And I talk a lot about mastering your mindset because that's what I was able to do. It's kind of like that universal tool. It's like leadership, right? When you have this universal tool, you can use it when it comes to like my parenting, when it comes to being a a husband, when it comes to my police career, my business, anything like that, because that mindset is really where it all comes from. So um, 
my story was, like I said, hundred pounds overweight. I was giving it all to my career. My son was born. Um, he had to spend 73 days in the NICU. He was born at 27 weeks. He was one pound nine ounces. I could fit him in the palm of my hand. And it was at that time that I realized like I had let him down to be honest, because he like didn't sign up to have a dad who was working all the time, who was never at home, who was unhealthy, who was like modeling the wrong behavior. And it literally gave me the like wake up call. Um, I found that rock bottom, right? And and just so that your listeners kind of know, like rock bottom is not a place that's like automatically put out there. It's a, just a thought in your mind. Like, hey, this is the time that rock bottom is for me and I'm not gonna get below this. And when you have that level of conviction and you have that thought that's like, this is it, you start to do things to like better yourself. And so it just opened me up to probably what we're going to be talking about today, which is coaching, being hanging out with amazing, incredible humans like you and getting yourself to like level up because there's so much more potential that is inside of you. It's just, we talk ourselves out of it and we, we focus on the wrong mindset to get us to, to be there. So I hope that kind of sums it up. No, it totally does. And I, I love it. Mark, you know, you're a, a, a pro, you're an expert. I don't want to take anything away from, from that, but I love how you talked about these intros. Uh, when you're in a place of influence, you know, it, whether it's be public speaking, a, a, a podcast guest, a, you, sometimes you got to write the little marketing for your book. I find it very interesting that it is so hard to write that about ourselves because we do need to put out a presentation of why someone might want to listen to us. But at the end of the day, what I've come to learn, uh, I've met some really brilliant people. I've got to spend some time with some really brilliant people. And every brilliant person I've ever spent any time with is just an ordinary person. Mm. And so my heart, and I know your heart, is really to show how everybody who is just ordinary, which is every single one of us, has extraordinary within us. Mm. We don't have to be the best. We just get to be the best version of ourselves. And so I love what you just shared is a journey of a, a really ordinary guy in your mind, a less than ordinary guy. And we're going to talk about that with the uh, self-sabotage, but mm -hmm. how we have the ability to find our extraordinary and be amazing with that. Mm -hmm. So I got to dive into this question and we're going to talk about your book in a second too. I appreciate you already showing that, but I'm, I'm horrible at this. You have accomplished so much. You've talked about your health. You talk about your family and then the success in your business. You're a successful coach. You still are in the W2 world with the LAPD and you are doing a podcast. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. How do you balance health, family, and all these achievements? And, and maybe even a little deeper, why do you hold health and family at a higher level than even your business achievements now? Oh man, so many great questions. This is this is why I like hanging out. And, and honestly, like the answer is gonna be asking yourself powerful questions. That's how I'm able to do all that. So um, when it comes to the way that I was before, it was kind of like, well, I can't add in health and fitness because like I've gotta be able to be here at my career 24 seven and give like the best version of me, right? And what I didn't realize is that I could be open to doing both and excelling in both if I asked myself a question of like, how might I rock both of these, right? Or how might one influence the other? That's a powerful question, right? It's like, how could influence, like your health influence your business? How could health inf influence your police career? How could health influence your family? And when you see how you can actually interject them all together, you start to come up with really powerful questions. Now, what I was doing is I was giving it all to my career. I was giving it to like, like meaning that everything in my career that I did mattered the same, right? 
I didn't realize that actually things that you do in your career, there's some things that matter more than others. It's the same with your family, right? So if you have like, let's say 24 hours in a day, I get this all the time because people are asking me that same question. They're like, Mark, you have 24 hours a day. How do you get it all done? I say, I just do the most important stuff and I let the other stuff either slide, I outsource it, I get somebody else to do it or it just doesn't get done, right? It's kind of like, let me give an example. So I like to, to, to talk about family a lot because I had lost that connection. And when I brought that connection back, I didn't realize how much physical and mental health that would give me, how much extra space and energy because when I'm as I was at work, I could give it 100% knowing that I was taking care of my family, right? It wasn't like being at work thinking about family or being in, with family and thinking about work. I could be intentional there. So let me give an example. So when it comes to your family, there's this Pareto principle. It's called the 80-20 rule. I talk about it a lot, all right? So when you think about all of the time you spend with your family, which is 100% of the, the, the time you're with family, right? There's 80% of the things that you're doing with them only produces 20% of that connection. But there's 20% of that activity that you're doing with them that actually produces the remainder 80% of connection. So an example is like when my kids are home, I'm doing homework with them. I'm doing the laundry. I'm cooking. I'm doing, you know, being their chauffeur, taking them all over. Like that's that 80% where I'm around, which is good, right? It's good to be around. But at the same time, we're not having that really deep connection. The 20% time is like yesterday when I go out and I say, hey, Alyssa, I only want to go with you on a walk around the block. Talk to me about like what, what made you smile today? Tell me like what, what was something funny that happened this past week? And she's talking and talking and talking. And we come back 45 minutes later and she's like, dad, that was the best walk ever. And I'm like, I, I didn't even get a word in, but it was just that great, great deep conversation, right? That's the connection, right? It's disconnecting with my son and like playing Fortnite and like challenging to him to something or doing a, a board game. You know those times when you're like disconnected all the electronics are off and you're like really getting that intentional time, that's that 20%. So you double down on that and all of the other stuff, you figure out how you can remove, how you can outsource or how you can do less of, right? So by doing that in all of these areas, it happened in my business, it happened in my health, it happened in the connections, like realizing that, hey, everything does not matter the same. There's things that matter more. So I need to make sure I do those and I release my brain from worrying about all those other things that only move the needle a little bit. Our brain tries to trick us into thinking it's all important. If you don't get it done all by yourself right now, this very second, the world's going to come to an end. Sorry, Siri came up on my phone. But if you try and do that, if you, your brain tries to think that, it gets into that overwhelmed state, which is when people see that I do this, this, and this, and this, they think, oh my God, you must be doing a lot. I'm like, well, not really. I still have that free time because I'm able to like get the most important stuff in. So, so you told me kind of how you do it and I appreciate that, but I want you to go back five years, seven years. I don't know how many years it's been from that rock bottom moment to now you were focused on your career. You've said that I was focused on my career in, in a little one or two liner. What would you tell yourself when, when that guy's saying, I don't have time why, why would you tell him that, dude, focus on your health, focus on your family, or hmm. what do you tell him? That, that is an amazing question. And as a matter of fact, like, I'm so glad that you kind of brought that up because here's the thing, like when we think about achieving things in our life, we always want to know the how, right? We always want to know the tactics, but those tactics that I just talked about would have never happened if I didn't have the right mindset. So for me personally, what it was is I had to start hanging out with other people who um, could stimulate that mindset and give me different ideas and suggestions and ways of thinking about it. So before, when I was 
like giving it all to my career, I was doing it by myself. Like I was, I was very secretive. I was like, oh no, hey, I, I don't have to learn anymore. I don't have to read any more books. I don't have to listen to podcasts. Like I, I know it all. It's kind of like what I was kind of saying, right? And I didn't realize the power of, you know, being vulnerable, talking to other people, getting their insights, right? And those people that we talk that that I talk about, like those five people who are the people that you surround yourself with that are the most influential, they will get you to start to see things differently. Cause I couldn't. I mean, here's the thing. They say that there's a quote, it's like, you can't fix a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. So if this created the problem of me having to work too much right here. It's not, I'm not going to be able to do this by myself and go in here and like pull it out. Right. I had to get some outside perspective. So I changed the group of people that I hang out with. So I stopped hanging out with the people who would go get pizza all the time, who would play poker on the weekends, who would not be spending time with their family, who would be playing, you know, doing all of these other things. Fantasy football was a big thing. Right. And so I'm like, okay, how can I find people who like really value their health and who really value their family and who really value these other things and just start hanging out with them? It's incredible, like how contagious those things are, right? And just like you, like whenever I get done with a conversation with you, like I take on some of that persona. I take that leadership that, that you like, I mean, you are the best modeler of leadership I know. I take that and then I move it into my family. Like for the rest of my day, I will be going through this lens of some of the things that you said. And when you do that, you realize that you actually are like helping yourself by just surrounding yourself with the right people. And it will get you to take those actions more easily than if you're either surrounding by yourself or you're surrounding with the wrong people, because then you'll very easily take those too. So it's just this idea of like who you surround yourself with, which people have heard like a million times before, but you've got to be very like um, specific about who you choose. And when I started to choose those people, it just naturally started to happen for me. And what, what I see, I'm going to add to your answer a little bit is um, energy. Mm, the the yeah. why, why first self-health, uh, why first family? I think it's energy for all the other stuff as I see you energetic, even in this conversation. And, mm -hmm. and actually, quite frankly, you gave me that advice a couple of years ago because I'm actually pretty good with my family and I'm pretty good with my business. The health is one of those things that's never been a difficult thing for me. All right. I've all, if you see me, you know, considered the standards or, or, you know, in the comparative world, you'd be like, all right, he's a fairly healthy guy. But yet I know down deep, I, I don't dig that deep in that area. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking you, I, you know, I'm like, dude, I just don't have the time. Why? And you, you really led with that energy standpoint. So I love how your energy continues to come out and it seems to feed everything. Now, I need to bounce from the circle of influence. Mm -hmm. You have a book, all right? Show the book here real quick as I give the title. I want everybody to see it. I know uh, as authors, this becomes our, another child in many ways. <laughs> Mastering your life through self-coaching, keyword self-coaching, uh, the tactical guide to get you to show up and earn the right to be a leader of leaders. Now, again, I know your audience is law enforcement officers. You connect there, but your principles work for anybody and everybody by all means. But I want to go here, okay? Because so many don't. I love coaching. You love coaching. Mm -hmm. You and I both agree that it may be one of the single greatest tools to move you from where you are to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. All right. You and I are preaching to the, the, the choir. However, I feel like societally, people throw the word coaching around, but don't really understand what real coaching means or what it truly is. Mm -hmm. Can you try to simplify 
yet give a good explanation of what good coaching is. Oof, that's a great one. And, and I mean, there's so many different definitions, but really what I like to think about if I were to sum it up together is like a coach is somebody who can help others achieve their personal best. So when you hear the word coach, I know for me personally being in sports a lot, I think about like sports coaches, right? And they're trying to help you elevate and become your personal best, right? And so it's kind of funny, like whenever you talk to people um, about coaching, they go down that path too. Or they're like, oh, my health is okay, right? It's like, it's, they're thinking about this, like just in terms of the physicality of it, right? But if you look at like the top CEOs, they've got coaches. If you look at like anybody who's like looking to grow, they have coaches because coaches can help them achieve that next level, right? A coach is kind of like somebody who is able to get somebody who's already moving and just elevate that and get them to perform better. Um, and, and that is really what, what helps like everybody, all of us take it to the next level. And it, what's awesome is that you can find coaches in every single aspects of this, right? Like I found a coach around being a better parent, which in the beginning you're like, oh man, like, I don't want other people to know that I'm a coach that wants to become a better parent. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, like I go through 996 hours to go into the police Academy, right? I I've learned all of these things through that process. I get out on the street. I still don't know what I'm doing, but yet when we get married or we have kids, it's like, oh, here, take it. Get, you'll figure it out on your own. So I'm like, Hey, I want to spend as much time and energy becoming a better father and begin, becoming a better husband that I spent over here when it comes to my police career and really like finding out like, okay, how can I do that? Like, who's somebody who could help me? whether it's like reading other people's books, like J Max, John Maxwell, like I, I read and dove into so many of his different books because I'm like, I get to be mentored and coached by him, not just in, you know, the physical aspects of things, but even like mindset related stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would have to say. Um, my definition of a coach is. I, I love that here. And I'm going to share things because it's on my mind. And if you disagree, let me know. But, you know, we talk about mentoring a lot mm -hmm. and people are like, I want to be mentored by someone. And you, you mentioned John Maxwell, you know, he's known as the godfather of leadership at this point. Mm -hmm. and, and you might want to be mentored by John Maxwell. The reality is the, the guy's too busy to, to mentor me. He's too busy to mentor you. And he does have mentors, by the way. I know him at, at a level to know he does take on personal mentors still mm -hmm. to this day. But the reality is each one of us can only disciple or mentor so many, so many others. Mm -hmm. However, his books you can be mentored by people through their books because they're pouring everything into it. I know your book, you poured all of you into it because you just want to help others. So that's a way of mentoring. We got group coaching that we can talk about here in a bit. We got one-on-one -on -one coaching and, and let's not forget the whole avenue of just two friends can, can really help each other along. But I want to pour one more aspect of coaching. We talk about mentorship. There's accountability to it, Mark. And I grew up in this world where maybe you and I were friends and we want to help each other along. And you're like, Scott, this is where I want to be. And I want you to be there and ask me these hard questions. But as friends, honestly, sometimes it's hard for me to ask you the hard question because, well, I don't want to mess up the friendship. And what I have found with coaching to be very powerful is when it's transactional, you know what? The coach doesn't care so much about my feelings anymore. Mm -hmm they'll ask the, 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 the hard questions and they'll push me even when maybe I'm not wanting to be pushed. Have you had similar experiences like that? 100%, 100%. So, I mean, it's kind of also like your, your spouse, your spouse is not the best accountability partner for you. Right. Or like right. your close friends or like my mom, she'll call me all the time and she'll be like, Oh son, you have an autoimmune disease. You should just take it easy. You know, they, they kind of like let me off the hook, 
But yes, I'm very specific about finding a coach who's willing to hold me to it. And you're right, because it's like transactional like that. They're like, if if I want to be able to really achieve my full potential, I want people to call me out on not only my blind spots, but when I need to be called out, right? But see, here's the thing too, is like, there's different types of coaches. You know, there's the kind of coaches that are like boot camp instructors who are like screaming at you, yelling at you. That's not really my jam. There's the kind that like beat you up and humiliate you, which some people that works for, but that's not my style. My style is like, hey, I believe in you. I know it's possible for you. And I know that your standards, you can rise up to this level. I 1000% believe it's possible for you. And when you approach that, like from that angle, it doesn't feel like, oh my God, he's calling me out or he's, he's making me look bad or anything like that. It's like, wow, okay, he really does believe in me. And so many times I know for me personally, if I don't have the belief to get to the next level, I can find somebody who I can ride on their coattails to help me get there. And then what my job is, to be honest, which is why I say here, you earn the right to be a leader of leaders. Now you get to be somebody else's coattails. You get to let them ride your coattails to get up there while you're riding on that next level. So really it's about that. So um, I, I hope that kind of answers your question. No, it, it does. And I, again, I love that. I want to talk about mentorship is I think so often, again, we look for that. We want to be mentored by the champion, but all we need is a person who's one step ahead of us. Yeah. That has a little experience and we can grow with that person. So I love that concept of your book. I, I want to jump to your book. So we've talked about like real coaches, right? You mm -hmm. know, maybe hiring coaches. You're a certified coach. I'm a certified coach. We believe in it. We both have coaches. We both coach. All that's great. But your book talks about self-coaching, Mark. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you dive into... Why can self-coaching work? I mean, we've talked about the benefits of having a coach with you, mm -hmm. but the self-coaching, explain that a little further. Absolutely, absolutely. So when people hear like the idea of self-coaching, they think like, oh my God, I'll be able to coach myself and nobody, I'll never have to go and, and seek out another coach. That is false news, guys. If you, like you always have the behind the view scenes of everything that's happening. So you will a lot of times convince yourself not to take those next steps that you need to take. So always, always thinking about like having that coach to really get you to level up. But here's the thing. This is what I've kind of discovered is like, if you have a coach and you're meeting weekly or every other week, guess what happens in between there? Days where you don't meet that person, right? There's days in between there. There's even like before you get on the call, are you going to get on the call or not? If you can coach yourself to do those activities in between that, you give your coach the opportunity of like really getting you to level up. So there's a process that I go through. It's called the push method. But really what it is, it's is this idea of like you can coach yourself when you ask yourself really powerful questions, you can get yourself to show up on the things that maybe necessarily you don't need to coach somebody outside of you to do. When it comes to like limiting beliefs, when it comes to those things that are like really pulling you down, of course, finding a coach, getting somebody outside you to see that perspective. And like you said, to be able to hold me accountable gets me to really show up. But there's micro moments in there every single day that you're like, okay, should I eat this or this? Should I say this to this to, or this to my kids? What should I do? How should I respond to this email? Or when it comes to being a police officer, how should I respond to this citizen, right? Or like there's so many of those different micro decisions. And if you're really good at, at coaching yourself, you can get yourself to show up more often than not taking the actions that you want to take because the this in here gets you to take those actions versus taking the other one. And when you can really master your mindset, really master your life through self-coaching, like I, like I teach, it gives you the ability of like creating whatever you want in your life through those micro like decisions that you're making. Right. You know, Mark, when you're being coached, you may not always pick up on this when you're a certified coach, especially if you go through a really good program. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what you quickly learn is that great coaches are not advisors. Mm-hmm. Great coaches are not sitting on the sideline telling their team what to do. Mm-hmm. Great coaches are asking their team powerful questions. They're putting them in the best position to succeed and asking these powerful questions to get the most out of them. It's all about questions. I could summarize coaching as great, powerful questions. And you've already mentioned powerful questions. Mm-hmm. So I want to go here. Mm-hmm. If there was one question I could ask myself to move myself in these little micro moments that you're talking about, one question that's most powerful and works in most scenarios, do you have one? I do. I do. I do. This is a question that I go to all the time in my mastermind team because it really pulls out of them, like you said, the answers. Because here's the the truth is all of the answers are already living on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. You just need some help to pull them out, right? So um, if somebody is like, let's say struggling with some specific goal or something that they're trying to achieve, I would ask them what about that thing is important or meaningful to themselves, to their family, and to the world. So give me an example. Like, let's say you're like, man, I just can't get up in the morning. Like every time the alarm goes off, I start to think about like, I deserve some extra sleep and all this kind of stuff. I would ask you, okay, so it seems like health is important. What about health is important to you? What about health is important to your family? And what about your health is important or meaningful to the world? And when you start to think about that, you're like, okay, to myself, but then you bring in your family. For me personally, that's like the goal thing. If you want me to be able to take action, you bring my family involved into it. And I'm like, I'm going to take it every single time because sometimes I won't do it for myself, but I will 1000% do that for them. And then when I think the impact of me taking those actions to the world will do, like, here's the thing, like I'm a coach, right? I talk about mindset. What would it be like if I didn't show up and get past my own mindset and show up when I needed to, right? It would be like, I would be letting the world down. So I'm like, my alarm goes off. I don't think about it anymore. In the beginning, it was this process of like, what is even important? Why is this even important to me? Like, what what kind of impact will this make for my family? If they see me doing it, even though I don't feel like doing it, what kind of impact will this have on the world? If I can get out there and say, hey guys, I didn't feel like doing it, but I did it anyway. And so you give up that opportunity every time you don't ask yourself that powerful question. And so when people ask me that, like whether it's their business, right? Whether they want to send a, a, a pitch, you know, get somebody to buy something or something at their, at their work, I ask them, what is even important or meaningful to you about that? Like, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to have a business? Like, what kind of impact is that going to have on you or your family in the world? And then guess what happens? We do what's called, it comes from your heart voice. I talk about this in the push method is like, there's two places, your head voice, which tries to keep you safe, right? It keeps you doing the past, the things you've always done before, because guess what? You're going to be safe tomorrow, right? It's kind of like naturally bred into us, but then there's your heart voice. It's like when your kids come and tell you, dad, I want to be this when I get older, right? You're not going to be talking from your head voice and go, well, you're not smart enough. You're not tall enough. No, you're gonna be like, I cannot wait for you to achieve this. I'm going to be on your sidelines. I'm going to be cheering for you. I can't wait for that to happen, right? But see, what happens is when we think about that for ourselves and we think about, well, like, hey, I want to become an X, Y, and Z, our head voice gets in the way, right? Because it will do anything it can to self-sabotage, to get us to stop, right? So it'll be like, oh, but you're too old. Oh, but you already have a really successful career. Oh, but you already have this. And that head voice is just trying to keep you safe. And when you understand that and you can ask yourself powerful questions like, what about this is important or meaningful to me? And then you start to overflow from your heart. And that's like that place of like hope, of potential, of purpose. Like when you start heading down that path, you naturally will have amazing, amazing answers. So, so many times we're looking for the answers, right? Not me, not anymore. I'm looking for the questions. 
Because an answer means that the answer is contained in that sentence. It's, this is the way that it has to be or it's not gonna work. A question says there's limitless possibilities. Other people have different ideas, other suggestions. There's a million different ways. You can keep going until you find that thing that works for you. So for me, instead of making statements, like you said, for coaches, like who are just like, hey, this is what you should do. And this is what you should do, which is what a lot of us say we want, right? We want to be told what to do. But in reality, asking a powerful question will pull out of us what is important or meaningful about that thing. Because like if, if family is important to me and it's not important to the other person, why telling them like, hey, what is this going to do for your family? Why, how is that going to impact them? It's not. It's me putting my values onto them. But if I ask them a powerful question related to their values, they're going to be like, oh, it's because of this and this and this and this. And you can see people kind of like come to life when they're speaking from yeah, their heart. You know, and what's amazing, I mean, we, we, we have walked a very fine line right now of moving into some uh, conversational points of influence. But the reality is, we all move to action when it's our idea, not someone mm -hmm. else's. And so that is the other powerful aspect of this, Mark. When we ask ourselves questions, yes, it would be great to, I can call you up. And I do from time to time. Hey, Mark, I want your, your insight, which you always then ask me another powerful question. <laughs> but there are times I, I want advice. But what's funny, and I've noticed this, is when I get advice, yeah, that would be good. But my action following is not always as strong as it is when I came up with the idea because I asked myself a good question. You asked me a good question. Someone else asked a good question. So great power in the fact that we came up with the idea. Yeah. We came up with the possibility. I love that. I love it. It kind of brings up a, um, another thought that I had. And that is like, um, sometimes what you have to do as a coach is you have to protect the other person from your influence because there's sometimes where you want to tell them what to do, right? Like, let's say you get into an argument with your significant other or something happens at work or something happens in your business. Like the mentor part of me, it's like, hey, this is my past experience and what I've been able to personally do wants to just get in there and just tell them what to do. But it's so much more powerful when you take a step back and you let them figure it out on your own on their own. So I sometimes think about this, I've got to protect them from my influence. So people are like, Mark, how'd you lose hundred pounds? Which workout did you do? I want to tell them all those things, but be, because like, I know that there's in one size fit all anything. I make sure I lead with that. I'm like, Hey, I can share with you what it is that I, I do, but I want to let you know, there isn't a one size fit all anything. And you've got to find the piece that works for you. I'll share this with you, but it doesn't mean that if this doesn't work, it means you're less of a human or you're unworthy of success. No, it's not. It just means like, Hey, you got to try something else. Right. So I'll tell you, but I want to make sure I lead with that because we can really influence people like just by telling them what has to happen or what they should do, right? And really what it does is it, after that doesn't work, like you said, they now use that container in terms of like, they're not good enough. They're unworthy. It didn't work for them. There's something wrong with them. When in reality, it was just one of a million different ways of doing it, right? So I wanted to bring that up too, because so many times I think about this as I'm coaching people is like, don't tell them what to do ask them questions so they can figure it out on their own because you're right. They have a hundred percent buy-in when they do it. Right. Mark, I have, I have a question. I'm, I'm looking at the time and boy, time just, it flies when you're having fun, <laughs> but I have a question that's either going to light you up with excitement mm -hmm. or you're going to call me after this and curse me out because I asked <laughs> you this question, but I have to ask it now. In my notes in preparation for this conversation, I wanted to explore and talk about self-sabotage a little bit. I wanted to talk about limiting beliefs a little bit. The reality is I'm looking at the clock and I know the way you and I can get excited about this. We don't have time. All right. So I'm going to flip a question on you. 
I don't care who you are, who you idolize, who, who you think is the greatest person out there. That person that you idolize struggles with their own limiting beliefs and self-sabotage at some level because we all do. Here's the question. The listener is asking, but why am I worth it? Why am I worth the effort? What do you tell that person? Why, why is our listener worth it? Why are they worth overcoming the beliefs that maybe quite frankly, someone else poured into them at a time in their life? Why are they worth it? Mm, that is such a powerful question. And I think I kind of start off by just like sharing what my limiting belief, because what, what you just talked about is it speaks near and dear to me. And mine is like, I'm not enough. That's my limiting belief. Every single level that I get to is always, I'm not enough. It's flowing through this. Like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Like, I need to give more. I need to do this more. So everything in my brain is running through that, that um, filter. So when somebody says something like that to me, what I, what I realize is that somewhere deep down inside, they have this limiting belief that everything is running through, all right? And it's to protect you. Because guess what? If you don't feel like you're worth it, then you're not going to have to put in any energy or any effort at all. You can just keep doing what you're currently doing, right? That is, your, that is a limiting belief that is preventing you from reaching your full potential. So I ask them questions about, I don't know, answer that. Why are you worth it? I like to turn it around, especially when it's an uncomfortable question and ask it right back to them. Because here's the thing, how am I going to know how to answer that question? I don't know. I'm going to ask them, why do you think you're worth it? Why, why did that? Why is that question really burning? And I want to hear the answer. See, so many times, like as a coach, we don't want, like, I know I don't want it to feel awkward where I ask a question and just leave silence. That is so powerful. You know why? Because the person is exploring that. Maybe you're saying that, but you've never actually explored that, right? Never. Maybe you've never experienced like, huh, what would it be like? Like, who, who can I inspire? Like, maybe, maybe like you'll just get deep into that question and you'll realize, hey, maybe I am worth it, right? See, here's the thing. I was taught this really um, not, not so long ago, but it was this idea of like, everybody has worth, right? You're born with it, all right? You already have it, right? Nobody has like a kid that they feel is like unworthy, right? Like my kids get in trouble for doing something. I'm not gonna think they're unworthy, right? I'm gonna come from this place of like, they're worthy, right? So everybody has this worth and it is equal amongst everybody. Even the people who are like, oh my God, they're just like, they're doing all of these great things. Like, no, God did not give them any more or any less worth. They're just worthy. It's, it's something you can't take away, but your brain tries to do it. It tries to take it away because then you don't have to take action. You don't have to get uncomfortable, right? You don't have to go into that next thing, right? You don't have to exercise if you don't feel like you're worth it. You don't have to like focus on becoming a better father or a better husband if you feel like you're worth it, right? But for me personally, when I ask myself, like, why am I worth it? I start to think about like all of the people that I can inspire when I take the actions that I need to take. Just like I said, like my core values have to do a lot with family, has to do a lot with family. And so when I can tie it into family, then I can pull out of myself what I need to do to take those actions because I know it's inspiring and impacting them, right? And a lot of times, if I like, let's say start a business, I kind of will get back into that. I, this isn't enough. I'm not worthy to start a business, right? And so at that time, I find somebody who does believe in me, right? Because worth has a lot to do with belief. Right. And when you find somebody who does believe in you, it's like, wow, well, they're over here and they're this kind of successful and they believe in me. Why can't I believe in me, right? 
And that's just like that step of like, instead of going from, I don't believe in myself to, I believe in myself. There's some, I, there's some, there's a bunch of extra steps in there too. Like, well, they believe in me. Well, somebody else believes in me. Well, God must believe in me because I'm still here. Right. And so you find these stepping stones to get to the part where you're like, Hey, I do believe in me, but it doesn't go immediately from that. Right. So I like to find people who do believe in me. And when I do like you, I grab on and I say, how can I spend more time with them? And it just lifts up my belief in myself because of that. So thank you very much for asking that question. By the way, there's never a question that I'm like ever going to run from or get angry because what it does is it gets me to think out loud. Like I didn't, I didn't have like notes prepared here. It kind of like overflows for me because here's the thing. I have limiting beliefs too. Do you know how long ago I should have wrote this book? Like eight years ago, people were telling me, Hey Mark, you should write a book. I'm like, dude, I'm a police officer. Like I own a coaching business. Like, come on. Like no, everybody's already said everything. Like John Maxwell has like 70 million books. Like, what am I going to say that John Maxwell is, it hasn't said already. Right. And that was my limiting beliefs. And finally I put this out and people are like, wow, the way that you shared it is different than anything that I've ever heard. And I'm like, why wasn't I focusing on that? Right. Because that whole limiting belief of like, I'm not good enough. Why, why would anybody kind of like listen or read this? So it was the people that I hung out with. I started hanging out with you. I saw your awesome book. And I'm like, dude, Scott wrote an incredible book. I want to do something like that too. And so I went all in and I started to write it. And here it is, right? Eight years late, but it's better than nothing, right? But that's just because we all have these limiting beliefs, like you said. I love it. I love it, man. And I, I want to like schedule five more episodes based on this one conversation, but <laughs> I can't at the moment. All right. So here, here's the deal. Winding down, we're kind of going into the uh, lightning round, if I, if we can. Your book, all right? It's a great book. I've read it. it. It is fantastic. And I encourage every listener to get it. And I want you to share here in a moment where we can get our hands on it. But the second uh, question I want to ask is, here's a reality in life that we authors have to face. We pour our, our, our soul into it and we pour our everything into it. And there's a reality that we know is that most people, even when they buy it, will not read the entire thing. Mm-hmm. What's the one chapter? If you said, dude, you have to read this chapter. If you're not going to read anything else, at least read this. Could you pull out one spot and say this chapter, this section, this is what you have to read. Yeah. It's chapter number one. It's taking ownership of your part of the equation. Like when I was writing this book, like I could have just made it that one chapter, to be honest, because everything that we're talking about today is taking ownership of your part of the equation, taking ownership of your mindset, taking ownership of who you surround yourself with, taking ownership of the goals you want to um, accomplish. And really when you take ownership, it's not because you're going to beat yourself up, right? It's not because like you're going to be going down that negative thought spiral or that self-sabotage, right? It's taking ownership because once you have ownership, you can change it, right? You can't change anything that you don't take ownership for. The rest of this book will be, you'll be looking for all the reasons why it doesn't apply to you if you don't take ownership. I can't tell you the number of times I've been together like, I don't know, with like mom entrepreneurs, right? And they're talking about like their thing. And what I can do is my brain will get me to think about all the reasons why that doesn't apply to me. But when I take ownership for it and I say, no, I'm here, I'm in this situation. How does this apply to me anyway? It gives me that ability of like finding answers. And I, and I get off that call and I'm like, holy smokes, that was life-changing because I was able to take ownership of that specific part. So if, if there was one chapter that somebody would read and it's like nine pages, like it's, it's taking ownership of your life. And when you realize that you don't take ownership by beating yourself up when you do it wrong, no, you just take ownership so that you can have the ability of changing it up. That's when the game will change for you. And that's why I had you on the show because you couldn't have said, stop clowning around. 
become the master exactly. of your show any better. So I exactly. How can we get our hands on this book? Where's the best okay. place to go? Okay. So if you go to mindsetwithmark.com forward slash book, I'll actually give you a free book. Um, I'll just, if, as long as people pay for shipping, um, anybody who comes Very from the good. show, show goes to mindsetwithmark.com forward slash book. As long as you pay for shipping, I'll, um, I'll send it up to you ASAP. And I love that level of generosity, Mark. And then uh, final question here. How can we connect with you? I know I now I have a book that's I'm getting your mentorship. I'm getting your coaching, but I want to connect with you at a little deeper level. I want to stay in tune with you. How do I do this? Mm. So um, I have a podcast. It's called um, Master or yeah, Master Your Mindset with Mark, with Coach Mark. Um, you can also go to, if you go to mindsetwithmark.com, you can see all of my social media. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, wherever I am. I always give a, a bunch of free information, like free workbooks, all those kind of things. So dive in and if there's anything that I can ever do, please reach out. Awesome. Well, Mark, um, this exceeded my expectations as always. <laughs> I appreciate your time today and appreciate your level of generosity to just continue to give and give Again, I want to thank you. I appreciate that. And, and Scott, I, I want to say one thing before we go here. And that is like how much I want to acknowledge and appreciate you. Um, because here's the thing, like I know the difficulty, not only with writing a book, but actually putting together a podcast, putting together something like this, the time and energy that it takes to do this. And the person that I could think about who would be the best person at asking questions is you. So I just want to take a second and I want to just come out and say, thank you very much for putting this together. Not just not for this episode, but I'm talking about for all the episodes after this, you, you better believe I'm going to be a subscriber of everything that you have here, because just like we talked about in the beginning, like the best leader that I have seen modeling the behavior is you. You always lead from the front when it comes to your family, when it comes to like putting things on, like in that priority. Um, and also every single time I get done a conversation, just like this one, you've somehow found it a way of making it all about me. And it makes me feel even more inspired and, and just excited to take those right actions because of you. So I greatly appreciate you for that, for your leadership. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward for what, uh, what's to come. Well, dude, I thank you for that, that compliment. And really, I just want to share with, with the listener, listening audience. The reality is we all have limiting beliefs and Mark just poured into me. All right. And that, that just changed my day. If I could leave us with one last final comment, the greatest power we have is our words when we encourage others. Mm -hmm. So when you're done with this show, pick up your phone, write a text, make a phone call, walk into another room and encourage someone today. And I don't know of a better ending. That is awesome. And to be honest, like when you do that, really check in with how you feel. It's the greatest gift you can give somebody else, but it's the greatest gift you can give yourself. Congratulations. You made it to the end of this show. This can only mean that you found the conversation and content relevant and beneficial to your growth and the growth of your business. If that is the case, Please choose to subscribe to this podcast on your platform of choice to ensure you do not miss a single valuable episode. And if listening on Apple Podcast, your five-star review is also appreciated.